One of the most important facets of any business is customer service. In business, you are not only selling a product or a service, but an experience. Providing exceptional customer service and developing real relationships with your clients means increased sales, retain customers, new customers via word of mouth, and a positive reputation. You're listening to the Focus on Customer Experience Podcast. Podcast. Benjamin Del Grosso gives you the ins and outs of one of the most underlooked aspects in business today. Improve your customer service and watch your business skyrocket. Two, one. Benjamin Del Grosso. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we have Phil. Phil's here all the way from the UK. So why don't you give us a little bit of introduction of who you are and what you do? Thanks so much, Benjamin. Appreciate it. So my name is Phil Blows and um, I'm based just outside London in the UK. Um, I'm co-founder of a company called Accrue, which is... um, a large um, well, crypto exchange and provider of, of yield where people deposit crypto assets and earn sort of high end levels of interest on it. Um, I'm currently working from home and I've got a couple of um, a three-year-old and a one-year-old running around outside, um, which is always good fun when you're on, on Zoom calls. So I'll let you know if they pop in. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I've, um, yeah, so previous to that was, um, was working very much in kind of traditional finance and fintech um, you know, helping to build businesses in, in that space. And, uh, and yeah, it's been, um, been a wild ride because I'm talking to you now I'm in May when crypto markets have been a little, a little bit of chaos going on there. So um, it's a yeah. little bit of ups and downs, right? The usual ups and downs. Exactly. Yeah. So we were, um, we're everyone, everyone's feeling a little bit battered and bruised, I think at this point, but, um, you know, hopefully everyone got out safely, which is, you know, certainly we did. So yeah, it's all, it's all good. You know, I don't I don't play the stock market myself, but I know a lot of people will say they like to play the stock market because they know when it's open and you can go to bed, wake up in the morning and be prepared for it to open. And I know people who have told me, like I've had clients tell me that they, they play crypto and it's like, yeah, man, it's up like blah, 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 100%. It's awesome. And then they go to sleep and wake up in the morning. Oh, it's only up 10% now, right? Yeah. Because it's live 24 hours a day. At least that's my understanding of it, right? 24-7. Yeah, it doesn't sleep. So it's, uh, you know, <laughs> and it ten- tends to be that like, the really wild moves happen at the weekend because when, you know, less people are looking at it, it's kind of easier for prices to move when there's less volume going through it. And that tends to be what happens at the weekend. So yeah, it can be, yeah, it can, it's a 24 seven job when you're in crypto. So being that this is the customer experience podcast, what made you kind of decide that this was something that needed to happen like for a business? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Cause I mean, coming I mean, for, when I think of sort of customer service, I think of, I often get drawn back to kind of digital product experience and the customer service and sort of usability of, of products. So what I, what I found when I was looking at the business um, and setting up the business, I saw that there were these amazing kind of yields, like really high yields available in what's called the world of decentralized finance. And it, you know, it's, but it's very, very complicated. It's difficult for the average consumer to engage with. So what I just, what we've really based our entire business on is being that kind of simple translation layer between what is really complicated in the world of decentralized finance and just making that really consumable, really easy to use, wrapping great customer service around it and kind of presenting it in a 
risk managed package to to our customers via an app. And um, so basically, they're able to you know invest like a very very sophisticated investor via a very simple interface. So you're just trying to find a way to make it more convenient, more user friendly, basically. I think that's, you know, it's, it's weird, like, because if, if you zoom out, I think that's what, what, like, most things are trying to do. You know, if you think of, like, Airbnb trying to make, you know, hosp- hotel booking easier and, like, more convenient and, you know, more accessible and, you know, um, Uber doing the same for taxis just by improving the sort of the payment experience and booking experience. I think this, it's, it's sort of like that. That seems to be the crux of a lot of, a lot of startup businesses is if you can just nail the usability and making it simpler and more accessible to someone then generally like there are a lot of different billion dollar businesses that sit in that kind of category so so for you you like it's like an easy onboarding process like not a lot of like paperwork kind of thing like it's simple so i mean it's the way the way that works is you know you do it all through the app it's all online so you know you you log in you take a photo of your kind of passport or driver's license, and that's kind of your proof of ID. And then, you know, if you've got a utility bill, you just take a photo of that. It's all done via, you know, via your phone. And, um, you know, that that satisfies kind of the KYC as you know your customer type, um, type requirements. Um, but building that into a really slick solution was, was a, is a big part of it because a lot of financial apps have a lot of friction in their onboarding experience. So, you know, making it, really super friendly in terms of you know the ability just to do everything on your phone and via your you know your the um the actual photo system that you have on your phone versus like trying to find documents and upload them from your phone which is actually quite difficult if you think about it um you know like um so just trying to cut down those barriers to make the whole process more simple is uh, is a big part of like how we how we increase engagement in the product hmm. yeah i know like for me my business I wanted to actually accept Bitcoin as payment yeah. online. And I spent hours trying to figure it all out to then come to a whole conclusion of like, so now I have to have this digital wallet or something. And I was just, you try and like contact their customer service, can't get a hold of anybody. I'm like, man, this is, you know what? I, I just said, forget it. I'm not accepting it. But yeah. I want to accept Bitcoin, but I just uh, I like I have no idea. I even reached out to some professionals that I know that that, that are heavy into it. They're like, it's not a big deal. Just watch this video. And I'm like two hours into a video going, okay, why is this so complicated? I mean, if you found a way to streamline that process and make it a lot easier for people, that should just be, you, you know, that's what creates a good experience. Making it simple. Keep it simple. Stupid is what I like to yeah. say. Right. Absolutely. And I think you know, that, that is one of the things with crypto is the sort of inaccessibility of the customer service team. I think a lot of the businesses have had such explosive growth that, you know, the, their customer base has grown well out of proportion to the their ability to service it in a, in a good way. Um, so, you know, we've been very keen to build a you know, strong customer service kind of print you know, like um, function within the business. And, you know, higher ahead of our growth as opposed to, you know, behind it. So that, you know, one thing we get, and we, you know, we obviously actively canvas for customer feedback and, feed, and feedback on the product. Um, you know, we, we always get, you know, they always calling out the name of one of our customer service reps saying, amazing experience, like educated me, made the process simple, all these sorts of things. And that's, that's really what, you know, we love to hear. 
So you have like a whole system for uh, scalability, like you need this many, you know, customer service reps per onboarded people. And you obviously have like a whole system for, for that to continue growing and scaling the company. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's always improving. So we, we found that we kind of outgrow, outgrow some kind of internal uh, collaboration systems. So, you know, we're big users of Slack, for example, in terms yeah. of to co- coordinate our, um, our customer service, but like that just got way too messy, you know, too many, too many people, too many Slack messages, that sort of thing. So, you know, what we ended up then doing is going to more like a ticket system after, after Slack. And that allows us to then look at, you know, the metrics are just much easier to drive than you you can't get the same kind of metrics from, from, from Slack. So, you know, we're seeing, you know, a case gets opened, how many people viewed it, you know, what time it took to close that case. And then, you know, looking at kind of the average, you know, those kind of performance indicators that we can then, we can then analyze and work out, you know, if, if, if we are getting customer complaints, we can see very quickly why. Yeah, that's like uh, going to McDonald's or a fast food restaurant and them seeing, okay, they ordered and three minutes later they got their food and that's when the clo- ticket was closed. So you can actually yeah. now see ticket was created uh, Sunday at 11 a.m. and it was closed Monday at 10 a.m. All solutions were made and the customer's happy, right? I mean, what what an incredible kind of, like innovation that was right just like that ability to you know that I, i'd love to see i'm sure there's kind of an mba mckinsey type um paper on it somewhere but you know how how much more efficient kind of these fast food outlets are having moved to those multi-kiosk kind of like ordering ordering uh systems because it's it's like a production line now and it's just such an improvement oh yeah no i I worked at a fast food restaurant when I was, I don't know, 16. So what was that 25 years ago or something now? Um, and I remember it was all, you know, you had to hit certain ticket times, right? And if yeah. you're under certain ticket times, you're a chance to win certain awards, certain this. It was a point where, like, you know, store managers would get in their car and drive through the drive through a bunch of times because <laughs> they wanted to up their ticket time. So I was like, man i don't like it's cheating yeah Yeah. (laughs) but but i mean you can't do this but i could totally get like the slack system because i have used it before too it's kind of like a big chat messaging service so if somebody you know posts something in there you're not really able to track whether someone took care of it or who took care of it or i mean it's it's like the step up from email you know so what happens with email is it gets you know so, so everyone's waiting for a response from someone's you know, it's sitting, it's sitting in someone's inbox. They haven't responded to it. And, you know, no one knows where the, you know, it's, that's not efficient. Then Slack is a bit more efficient because everyone's kind of shouting in one channel about what's going on. And you know, everyone can see the history of what's happened. But then, as you say, it, it, there you lose, lose a lot of the metrics because, you know, and I think, you know, Slack does a good job integrating with certain topics like this. So we, we also yeah. use something called Trello, which is, you know, like these Trello. Trello, Trello boards, so that allows us to sort of say these are the projects which were which in progress. This is the backlog. This is what's been completed this week and you know archived. And yeah, you know, that's quite a that's quite an efficient system as well. But it, you know, it helps us to you know coordinate what everyone's doing. Nice. So this is going to be, I think, a really good question for you. When you look around at the world today, what has stood out to you as the biggest change in how we interact as customers? I mean, there's, there's, there's a, there's quite a few, there's quite a few things I wanted to highlight on this one. Um, you know, you and know, I'm think, like thinking maybe you can even talk about how you think we might be interacting in the future. 
Uh, well, this is this is really that that's an interesting topic because I'm I'm about to do a um, you know like a meetup, but for the first time I'm going to do the meetup in the metaverse. Um, oh wow! You know, in in sort of VR, and we're using a um, a what's it called? Emerge or Merge? I think it's called the platform. Um, and what was really interesting, like I I don't buy necessarily into like we're all going to live our lives online. You know, at the moment the metaverse looks a little bit like kind of. Duke Nukem, if you ever played that back in like you know the 1990s, <laughs> it's uh, it's like I'm I'm happy with my kind of you know HD life as opposed to having to live in Duke Nukem land. Um, but um, <clears throat> you know it's um, but what's what is really interesting is you can see there is a level of engagement. So like yeah, in I, I when I was sort of researching this and you know so the the the, the company that's helping me put on the event is. I met them in the metaverse and the way we did it, we all went into this room and you can imagine sort of if you're Duke Nukem going into a, you know, a meeting room and then we sat at a desk and we all had our own spaces around the desk. Then we all had screens in front of us with the, um, you know, with, which actually showed us like the presentation that the person had. So you're sort of looking at the presentation in front of you like that. Then you're looking up and you're seeing the person's avatar who's there speaking and he's got the presentation behind him. So for me, that was just better than, I think, you know, it's not better than sort of, I think this sort of scenario, but I think it's better than if you did a, you know, like if you, if you called into a webinar where someone's just going through PowerPoint slides and they're talking head, I think this is a lot more engaging than that. So I think you could replace it with, you know, those sorts of meetings with coming to the metaverse, feel like a person in a room where, you know, and, and you just got a, it's a better experience. You can sort of see me, you can see the whole of me as I'm waving my arms around and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I think that that was that was pretty cool. And I think that that will I think that will replace quite a lot, probably quite a Zoom might be one of the first things it replaces um, that sort of thing, how we kind of interact or customer service things, because in that same metaverse, there was these sort of um, in like stands. If you go to a conference and you you know interact with stands, then if you ever done a digital one, which a lot of people had to do during COVID, but they were just dreadful. You know, it was like come by my virtual stand you've got no idea what's going on versus this where you're at you're actually in a, in a virtual stand and you can see people walking around and you can try and grab them and interact with them which just sort of doesn't really happen in, in that so i think i think that will have an impact um probably you know not it's got a long way to go but it's it's already you can already see some sort of use cases there yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. i mean for me, I, I don't think I could see myself wearing a big set of, you know, VR goggles on my head. But I mean, for a lot of people, I think what it'll do is it'll stop this. It'll stop the let's play with my phone because once you yeah. have those goggles on, you can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. You're yeah. you're you're in your space. So now I think there might be a little bit more attention when you're yeah. when you're in those rooms. But I mean, I, I've never experienced it. Um I don't know. Yeah. Every time I think what well, I think like the movie Tron or something like that, right? Like you're exactly in this like kidding. different world. <laughs> yeah. At, at the moment it's Tron one, not the, you know, not the remake. <laughs> yeah, of Tron, right? it's, that's, that's, it's not HD legacy. It's not, it's not the new Tron. It's the old Tron. Yeah. But it's um like Wolfenstein I, 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 3D. <laughs> exactly. What I, what I think is interesting is just how you talk, you mentioned your phone because it, you know, I think, I think that will be one of the things that happens sooner is kind of how we interact with technology more because um, it's really my, my son's three, he can't read, but 
he now, you know, he's got YouTube kids and he can, he can get what videos he wants because he presses the button and he says what he wants and it, you know, populates on the screen. And um, so, you know, cause he's got, it's got voice and he can just about, just about get the, you know, Vlad and Nikki, which is the thing that he loves, um, which is sort of two kids just playing with toys. Um, but, you know, it's sort of, that's the sort of thing he loves. And um, I just think that's going to be really interesting in the future that I think people will look back on us and think it was really weird that we had these little phones where we had to type like requests for information in, into them. I think that that whole concept will be very odd. It's like, why did you, you know, why didn't you just talk to it? Or, you know, even further in the future, if Elon Musk has his way, you just think it and you're effectively, you know, human brain technology interfaces, that sort of thing happening. Where you're like not having to, report. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think that that interface is going to go because it's, if you think how inefficient it is to have to type in things onto your phone, it's ridiculous. And I think that that'll be something I'm really excited to see how that changes. And, you know, again, it might not be a good thing because if you can think and you get a Google result immediately, you know, you're, you're, that, that's where the conversations really come in around like, you know, tech bias and things like that. If, you know, there's this world of information that's just a thought away and, you know, but who's controlling that information. That's where it all gets a little bit, a little bit sci-fi and strange, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, won't, uh, I won't disagree with you. There's definitely yeah. <laughs> some interesting things going on in the, uh, the Google engine as they like yes. to call it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't know. What is one thing you do? provide a positive experience to your customers i think what one of the things i do a lot of is um you know especially if there is someone who's digging in or they have good feedback that sort of thing you know i'll give them my personal mobile number and you know there's hundreds of people who've got it now so you know i get i get calls directly from customers a lot and you know i do say look i think people appreciate when i reach out directly to them and it's not not our customer service team it's you know the ceo of the business is saying look i'm I'm here. If you've got any feedback, I'd love to hear it. You know, you're obviously a valued customer and, you know, please, please get in touch with any feedback. I think that that's quite a, you know, some people react quite well to that message. I think they like, like the personal touch that, you know, I am, I am really bothered about what our customers think of our business and, and how they, um you know, and, and whether they go off and recommend us to people or not. So yeah, there's, there's quite a bit that, um you know, I think, I think that's important. I do talk about this a lot on the podcast about having a listening culture, right? Yeah. You need to be listening to your employees. You need to be listening to your customers, right? A lot of times they're going to give you advice or recommendations and not all of them are going to be good. You know, someone might have, you know, completely crazy suggestion that no one's ever going to buy into and it's never going to make sense. But the thing is out of those a hundred ideas, there might be like 10 of them that are actually really good feasible ideas that make sense for the majority of the clients and for the majority of the business. The thing is, is if you don't have a, a, a listening, you know, if you're not listening to your clients, not listening to your employees, you're not going to get any of those ideas. And if yeah. your vision is only just your vision and your ideas, it, it's harder. It's a lot harder for you to grow when you're not listening. I, I think that's a really good observation. And, Talk about listening to your employees. I think it's, it's, it's very interesting listening to your employees when they first arrive as well, because there's always going to be an element of kind of internal group think. But when you get a new employee that comes in, you know, they, they can often have some really good insights very quickly before they kind of get contaminated. So I'm always trying to not, 
you know, contaminate them with my ideas and hear theirs. I think that's quite important. Yeah. So is there like a book you've read that has influenced your life? <clears throat> I, I could call it. I, I love reading business books and things like that. And I've read, you know, read, read probably hundreds of those in my life, but I don't know, like in terms of like influencing stuff, I'm, I was a, I was like a giga nerd at university. So I loved, I loved the wheel of time series. I don't know if I'm allowed to pull out a fantasy series, but it's like, you know, a proper series. And I, yeah, I don't know how it influenced me, but it's just like, I think that kind of that book was and those books just sort of started kind of a, I don't know, a bit of a, a bit of like a, you know, a, just an in, a lifelong interest in kind of the hero's journey type um, novel. And um you know, I've always loved reading that, watch movies about it. You can always see, I always, always, you always kind of is that when the moment you pick up that kind of hero's journey theme from films and stuff, I always find them really enjoyable movies and, you know, it takes lots of different forms, obviously. But I think, um, you know, that, and I think that that's probably quite, you know, in, in a way motivational that it's almost like the whole thing about the hero's journey is it's sort of, you know, going through strife to sort of achieve this, this big thing in front of you. And I think, you know, fundamentally, if you believe in that, you believe in sort of the the ability to be able to go out, but anyone could go out and sort of achieve these things. It's probably, you know, it probably does do a bit for you, you know, it gives you the courage to go and try things maybe most people wouldn't do, um, whether it's starting a company or kind of, you know, doing something, climbing a mountain, all these sorts of things, right? It's, um, I think, I think that's, that's probably had an influence. Yeah, a lot of people don't have the courage or the confidence, right, to do something. They don't believe in themselves that they can do things. Yeah. Right. It's actually amazing how many people don't believe they can do certain things. Right. Like they just, yeah. they just lack that confidence to, oh, I can't do it. Or they, they take on these 21 day challenges. They get, you know, two weeks in and then go, they give up. Oh, I can't yeah. finish it anyways. I, I feel like but there's, you know, because there's, we put all these people up on pedestals as being special and amazing, but you know, you, you meet them and you'll find they're incredibly normal people that just had a go, you know, it's sort of, um, it's, it's really weird. Um, and I think that's what, I think that that's where people, if you haven't got the confidence, like, uh, people don't think they can do you know this or that. I think that's, that's the thing they've got to realize is just how ordinary a lot of people who've been successful are. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, then there's, you know, there is, there isn't, they're, they're just people that had a go and really, really stuck at it, you know? Well, you look at Elon Musk and he started Tesla. And I mean, how many times did he pretty much almost go bust and almost yeah. broke and nobody wanted to support him because it was an electric car and it was taking away from, you know, oil and gas industry. And, you know, it was taken away from GM and Ford and all these big companies that have been around for years and I mean, and then all of a sudden it was like, he finally got lucky and got all the financing needed and everything to continue blowing that company up. But I mean, really, he's just, he's no same or sorry, he's no different than you or I, he had a vision, he executed his vision and he almost failed multiple times. Yeah. Right. I mean, you sort of look at what he, you know, he did pre Tesla, you know, he, he was he did an x.com which was kind of competing with paypal and so they sort of merged with paypal or that sort of thing but i think x.com was his first kind of startup and i don't think that did particularly well you know i think it actually and that's part of why he moved to, to x.com in terms of paypal um you know i think there was a bit of a merger of minds there but it's yeah i mean he's 
he's a fascinating person who's just kept swinging the bat and you know has been very lucky and very intelligent and obviously worked incredibly hard and he's um you know he's managed to managed to do incredible things well, part of the thing that we always like talking about in our in our group like in our uh, is that if you do the work that's the biggest part of the challenge and there's a lot of people who have great ideas, but they don't do the work. And yeah. I got to listen to this interview with, uh, uh, what I forget his name, Tim Grover. Tim Grover, who um, he like coached or personal trained or whatever, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like these kind of big performers. Uh, I might be saying it wrong, but, but he basically, they asked him, were there people more talented than Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant? And you figure he's going to say no, but he says, yeah, there's people who are like a hundred times more talented than Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And like the, the interviewer is like shocked. Is it going to be, he's like, yeah, there was tons of people that were so talented, amazing natural athletes that yeah. probably would have smoked these guys. Right. Wow. But they weren't willing to do the work. They weren't yeah. willing to wake up at, four in the morning to start training they wanted to go out and drink and party they didn't care about the team they only cared about themselves so because of that and because of they didn't have any self-discipline and they weren't willing to do the work they never went anywhere is yeah. but these people were naturally talented to play basketball you know to play all these sports he goes but it, it, there's a whole package to it right and that's the same thing with being an entrepreneur if you're not willing to do the work, you're not going to be successful at all. Yeah. I think it's, especially in the really early days, you know, where there's no one, there's no one there, you know, it's, it's completely, it's generally you. And if you're lucky, a co-founder, which, which I was, um, you know, it was me and me and my, me and a friend called Digby got together and did this. And, but yeah, it was horrendous, you know, like for the start, you have to, you've got to have complete belief. And you've got to get other people excited about it from scratch and you've got to work hard and, you know, you've got to do the stuff that you probably have never done before and, you know, don't know how to do, but you've got to learn the job and do it. And you've got to, you know, you're, when, when you're in the early days of the business, you're just, you're doing everything from payroll to marketing, to sales, to, you know, finance. Um, so, you know, it's just, you've got to, yeah, you've got to put in the hours and, you know, I've, this week, which has been incredibly busy, you know, it's been kind of, say up at 4am and, you know, working till 12, you know, that sort of thing, midnight. So it's just like. It's your market's been, up and down. <laughs> market's up and down. Yeah. You know, it's just been, you know, it's just been a lot to do this week. So it's, um, you know, it's a very unusual week and I, I don't, I'd never say that it's worth, there's no point working for work's sake. You know, it's got to be focused, focused attention and the hustle is good, but only if you're hustling it, you've got a plan that you're, you know, you're testing and you're working towards a plan. If you're just, hustling for the sake of hustling there's no point but it's um yeah i think we've got to put in the work so if there's one thing you could change in the entire world today what would it be and why i mean that's a that's always a, that's a tough one i mean this would be a bit i i would love for like one week like everyone in the world for one week like they they, they effectively, all of their actions were mirrored back on them. You know, so for one week, you know, if you made someone feel great, you felt great. Made someone feel bad, you felt terrible. You know, obviously the more extreme sort of things that we've seen going on in the world right now, you know, like. 
this One cancel week. culture and stuff like that. Yeah, just just like there's so many people who get into these kind of like situations where they just act so out of character, out of how I'm sure they actually want to act. You know, I always think about people, you know, put someone in a car and they often a lot of people become a completely different person. Um, so I don't know, it's just it's just the kind of you know, in times right now, trying to like get people to just treat each other how they want to be treated. It sounds really sort of like basic, but you know if there was a way of really like physically reflecting how you treated others back on yourself sort of thing to really say that this is, you know, this is the good or the bad that you're putting out there in the world and getting people into, you know, long enough period that people understand that a little bit better. That would be, that would be my ask. I think bit weird, what? bit of a weird one, but um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's weird because if you think about the younger generation, like we, like my wife and I, we have two kids too, right? They're younger and you start thinking about it they're growing up in this full digital age. Yeah. Right. And like, for me, I'm in my early forties. Right. So I grew up in a brick and mortar and a digital age. So I've grew up in both. So I've yeah. seen both, you know, and you have someone in their sixties plus they, they mainly grew up in a brick and mortar and they may have adapted a little bit of this digital world and they might've gotten used to an iPad and th that kind of thing. Right. So a lot of these people are growing up in this fake digital world where that you know someone goes and takes a picture with a Lamborghini and pretends that they're Dave whoever and that they own a Lamborghini and they make a million dollars but which they don't they're broke they're unemployed and they just took a picture with like a a nice suit next to a Lamborghini right yeah. but that's the thing like in, these Instagrams and Facebooks and all these different social medias give people this uh, reality to live this complete fake life and then other people in there go and idolize or are jealous of these people when they don't even know if that if they really are who they say they are right yeah. so i mean you know and then a lot of people even do like the whole cyberbullying because they know they can hide behind their screen and it's not face to face like you and i were at least you know we're in different countries right now but at the same time, we're seeing each other face to face. And the majority of those interactions are taking behind a, you know, keyboard, you know, yeah. keyboard commandos where they just sit there and they can write something mean to somebody, but they have no idea who that actual person really is. No, absolutely. And, you know, they, the big thing, I mean, comparison is the thief of all joy, right? Is the, is the expression. And it's never been easier to compare yourself to a huge group of people. Yeah. So Social media is toxic for for mental health. And, you know, the, I think increasingly, hopefully people are aware of that, but it's like, it's so toxic. You know, I've never seen, and you know, there is, you know, there are studies out there showing like, you know, correlations between time spent on social media and, you know, element, elements of depression. So yeah, how are you ever going to feel about good about yourself if all you're seeing, all you're exposing yourself to is just like these people who are living these kind of, paradise lifestyles on holiday looking great eating the best foods like traveling to the best places you know having the best things and you know you're even if you're living a great life you're going to feel a little bit kind of inadequate and you're not that's the case that's the case you know i, I always like the um you know the, ha the happiest person in any household is the dog right because they kind of have they have really a really low you know they're not really comparing themselves really on they have a really low bar of expectation all they want is food. You give them their food and a pat on the head, they're, they're delighted. You know, that's their kind of, that's their reality. That's what they're, that's what they're, you know, that's what they're expecting. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're on social media all day expecting to live the life that these, you know, these often fake influencers are living, then 
you know, you're going to be unhappy. Yeah, which is true. Do you have any final words or words of wisdom or anything for everybody or? Um, I mean, coming, coming back to probably the, the interest of the, of, of the audience around kind of like, you know, customer service interactions. I think I'd just echo what you, what you said before, which is very much like, you know, keep the, the best way to serve your customers is to listen to them. Yeah. And if you can listen to your customers and get as much feedback as possible and be agile about how you turn that feedback into action that improves your company, that's, that's the thing that builds successful companies in my opinion is it's not even listening. It's how quickly you assimilate what you hear and turn it into solid actions that improve your business and your service. And the faster you can have that flywheel moving, the, the more successful you're likely to be. Hmm. Yeah. I think in, and for anybody who's looking to get into the crypto space that isn't yet, how do they get a hold of you or. The best way to get a hold of me say is, is going to accrue aqru.io and um, we've got an intercom sort of a feature on the website and the app. Um, you can go to the app store or Android as well. We've got, we've got the products there. Um, you know, just chat to the customer service team and, you know, I read all of their messages um, that come back and all the feedback there or, or reach out to me on LinkedIn it tends to be the only social media I, I engage with, which is, so just Phil blows on, on, on LinkedIn. Nice. I appreciate you coming on here today. Absolute pleasure. Good. Great to chat. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Experience podcast. Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Ben, check out Benjamin Del Grosso on LinkedIn at SafeDriveSolutions on Instagram or www.safedrivesolutions.ca online. We'll see you next time.